0: Here we go. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in a few different spots today. Uh, But we're going to start out in Matthew chapter 6, and we have been looking at the Lord's Prayer uh, and how this relates to our life and what we can pull out of this in regards to how we pray and how we live our life and how ultimately we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples, and he says this, that when you pray, you should pray like this, our Father in heaven... Hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I want to pause there for just a second. Last week we talked about forgiveness and the amount of uh, people that came up to me saying how that hit their message, or how the message hit them, or how they're having to take steps of asking for forgiveness just blew my mind, and so I just want to give kudos to you guys that took those steps uh, to be able to seek forgiveness where it's needed, and then he ends the prayer with this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, and some of us will know this part, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, amen, Amen. or as the Dominicans say, amen, right? So today we're going to be looking at the the phrase and lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from evil. I tried coming up with a really clever story and uh, to kind of segue into this and to be completely honest with you, I don't have a really clever story that I can get up here and say without me being completely shameful and embarrassed about this, okay? So I'm not going to share a story in this part, but what I do want to talk about is try to kind of relate this uh, to maybe where you are in your life or where you have been in your life, I, I think about this part and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, about those times in our lives where we're about to do something really, really stupid, and everyone around us is like, don't do that. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jerry's been there. You know, old, big old yeah with that, right? Um, more, but than more More than <laughs> I love Jerry more than once um, but I, I think about like I'll just use my kids like maybe they're playing on um, the, the lawnmower or they're playing or sitting on the edge of the trampoline or this actually happened the other day Judah was going down and then Allie like climbed over Judah trying to get off the trampoline and I was like that's a bad idea boom and then they start crying you know I think about it like that of, of with this prayer God lead us not into temptation or protect us from temptation and deliver us from evil. And I think it's important to understand that the temptation that we face, the sin that we faced in our life, and we're going to get really heavy on sin in just a minute, so just, just, just so you know, um, God does not lead us to a place of sinning. And, and it's important for you and for me to, to understand this. And for this, I just want to jump really quick to James Chapter One, James. Now, to set up the context a little bit, this is the brother of Jesus, James. This is James who um, hung out with Jesus, who played soccer or football or whatever they did back in the day with Jesus. This is the the brother who saw Jesus sleep and wake up and 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 eat breakfast with and and pray with and 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 go on hikes with. This isn't like some mystical, far-out person. This is literally his half-brother. And James, the brother of Jesus, says this. He said, says this in verse 12. He says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one he himself tempts no one but each person is tempted when he is lured or or enticed by his own desires then the desires when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death now now that's i mean that's some pretty blunt statements there right it's like And essentially what he's saying is you can't say God made me do this. God made me sin. God made me um, cuss. God made me tell the person on 787 that they were number one. God, you know, whatever it may be, you can't say that God led me here because God does not do that. God is a holy God, a righteous God, and sin cannot be in the presence of God. Which I, I think is something that we have to kind of settle for a a baseline with this. But then he, he says that, like, the, this is all desires in our heart, right? And our desires in our heart, when they are conceived or when they are um, placed in there, then if we do not control that and maintain that, or shall I say kill that, it could ultimately lead to our spiritual death. Now, I think about this. Um, it's mom's day, so I'm going to pick on mom's for just a moment, all right? And, and, You can throw something at me if you want. That's totally fine. All right? But I'm going to assume, and I know what they say about assuming, all right? So, but I'm going to assume for just a moment uh, that the majority of the moms are the ones that do the grocery shopping, all right? And you don't have to raise your hand or anything. Uh, But I think about if my children went with Christy, and we're going to use Target as an example because, oh, we use Hobby Lobby. So, So... I'll tell you that story in just a minute. We'll, we'll use Target, and they say, "Mom, Mom, can I get a toy?" Y'all know where I'm going with this. "Mom, can I get a toy? Can I get a toy, please, please, please?" No, no, sweetie, you can't. You know, dads are like, "No, be quiet!" You know, we're going in, commander style. We gotta get everything and get out. Like that's how that's how I th- think about it. All right, and, and moms are very graceful, which God bless you for that. Uh, but if if mom puts, you know, the children in the cart, you got one that's hanging on the front, the other that's sitting there, and they're just like, can we get a toy? Can we get a toy? Can we get a toy? And then you purposefully will or push the cart right by the toy section, and it's like, oh, let's just take a detour down the toy aisle. Toy aisle right? Yeah. You see those Legos? You can't get those. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying moms would do that, all right? I want to make that very clear. Moms would not do that because y'all are loving and graceful. Maybe that's something that dads would do. I don't know, uh, right? But, but that essentially to say what, what, what's happening is, is a mom or a dad or a parent that does that to their children, you're tempting your child with something that they can't have. And so to say that God tempts us would be like saying God is like a mom or a dad pushing the children down the candy aisle whenever they can't have candy, laughing at them. And God just doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He's, if anything, he wants to keep you away from the very thing that's going to tempt you. All right, now I do have a quick story because I mentioned Hobby Lobby. Can we sidetrack for just a second? Yeah, okay, good. I am gonna stay on time today. Um, But uh, my daughter um, loves Hobby Lobby. I don't, I don't know where this came from. Okay. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, yeah. Uh, and so I decided to take her on a daddy daughter date, uh, to Hobby Lobby this past Friday and, uh, picked her up from school. And then we go to Hobby Lobby and it was really funny because we walk in and, and she goes, dad, I, I know where we need to go. And I'm like, all right, honey, we, the door opens and we walk into Hobby Lobby on Wolf Road. And, um, one of the, the cashiers or the attendants is like, hey, is there anything I can help you find? And Allie's just like, no, we know exactly what we need. And I'm just like, this girl knows what she wants. And then I was like, honey, I, I haven't been to this Hobby Lobby, right? So I'm like, honey, where, where are we going? And, and, and she's like, oh, just see that red sign, Dad? We're gonna go left at the red sign. I was like, all right. We go left at the red sign. And I was like, all right, now where? And we're walking down. And she's like, we're gonna go all the way to the end, Daddy. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna go all the way to the end. And then she's like, boom here we are. I'm like, yeah. And it's all dolly stuff. Okay. And then she goes, daddy, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. Mm, I don't want that, but oh, daddy, I need this bedroom suit for my dolly house. And needless to say, I kind of got sucked in and I got home and Christy was like, you so got taken advantage of. All right. $66 on dolly things. All right. So Side note, um, maybe I was the one that was led into temptation by my daughter, right? (laughs) Here's my point. We are the ones that lead ourselves into temptation. We lead ourselves into temptation, and that's exactly what James is saying right here. We allow something to be placed in our heart, an idea or a thought or desire, and if we do not kill that desire, place accountability around it, then ultimately that that desire that is conceived is going to end up giving birth to sin in our life. And sin in our life will ultimately end up leading to spiritual death and, might I say, consequences in our world today. Consequences for the actions and and the things that we are dealing with today. And, And even the scripture says, our heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. And and it is important for us to be able to understand this and to recognize this. It's it's like you see something, and if you're a a, you know compulsion shopper, and you just see something, you're just like, I gotta get it, I gotta get it, I gotta get it, because it's the next best thing, right? And then you get it, and next thing you know, why did I just spend two hundred dollars on that? Why did I spend fifty dollars on this, right? Um, it, It is it is because our heart is wicked. Our our heart. Is deceitful, and I don't know what your temptation is, but I'm just going to throw out a few temptations. Maybe your temptation is money. Now, I I think it's important to say money is not a bad thing. If anything, money can be a good thing. But Scripture says it is the love for money that becomes evil. The love for money that becomes wicked. I I know people, and and there are people in this church community who, who handle their finances very well. And you know what's amazing is they're some of the most generous people that I know. Because they don't have a love for money, they've been able to use money as a tool for their business or uh, for an organization and then also as a tool to be able to bless people generously. But the moment that money is the thing that we become or we start chasing after is the moment that it can be a temptation that ends up leading to greed, leading to pride, leading to arrogance, leading to stealing or lying. Another one may be a sexual temptation that you have. A temptation of lust, a temptation of desire that's, that just kind of gets placed in your head. You're, you're watching TV and you see something and a thought pops in your head and if, if you don't deal with that thought, don't deal with that desire, what will happen is that sexual temptation will end up being birthed to sin. I, I need to make this very clear. The temptation is not the sin. It's when you act on the sin, act on the temptation that it becomes the sin. And, and that's important for us to be able to understand. Um, maybe for some of you, your temptation has to deal with relationships. There's a relationship that you know you should not be in or a relationship you know you should not be engaging with because it's abuse or because it's it's been hurt in the past, but you just keep going back to it because that's all you've known. And I'm here to tell you that God wants to free you from that broken relationship. He wants to set you free. Maybe for some of us, it's it's the temptation of self-worth. We idolize ourselves, or maybe we think really, really lowly of ourselves. Both false humility and pride are the exact same thing. It's pride. Just one speaks to how great we are; the other speaks to how horrible we are. Humility speaks to how great Jesus is and what He's done in our life. And here's one I know that all of us can relate to a temptation. We've all dealt with. I was talking to Jude, and he said, Dad, sometimes I just do this, and I don't know why. And I'm like, well, buddy, what is it? And he's like lying. Some of us, we lie to ourselves. We lie to our spouse. We lie to our friends. We, We lie to our loved ones. And why do we do it? Why do we do it? Because our heart is deceitful. Our heart is wicked. Our heart wants to give birth to sin. And this is why it's important for us to understand God will deliver us from evil. God will deliver us from evil. This is why Jesus came to this earth. He did not come for the righteous. He did not come for the the elite. He came for the broken. He came for the people that recognized that they needed a deliverer, that they needed to be set free. And in the middle of our brokenness Jesus enters in and he says hey I want to take you from the captivity of sin and set you free I love what Ephesians chapter 2 says and this is the last text that we'll be in today but Ephesians chapter 2 is, um, it's between this and Colossians 2 and to be honest with you I was going back and forth with, with which one to use and which one not to use so I landed with uh, Ephesians 2 and, and you'll understand why in just a minute but it's such a powerful text it's such a powerful picture of the gospel. The Apostle Paul he writes, he says, You were dead in your trespasses and your sins. You were dead in your trespasses and your sins, and once you in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're nature, and we're by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Like Paul, what? what? What are you saying? What he's saying is like all of us at some point in our life, and maybe even some of us here today, have lived lives where we just are constantly in disobedience to the God of light, where we are in constant disobedience to what the Holy Spirit is saying where we're in constant disobedience to the word of God. Many of us, if not all of us, at some point in our life, we're deserving of God's just wrath. Now, this will not grow a church, and I know that, but that is the gospel of Jesus. It will transform hearts, though. And and it's important to understand that your sin and my sin, if not dealt with, is subject to God's wrath. And I say this all the time. God will get glory in this life. He will get glory in your life. He will either get glory through his wrath that will ultimately be demonstrated on your life, or he will get glory through his justification by you embracing the saving grace of Jesus Christ. All of us, all of us, at one point, are children of disobedience. Children of God's wrath. Children of the prince of darkness. And this is why I love verse 4 right here. Because it says this, but God. but God. But God, meaning you can't do it, I can't do it, we can't earn our way, we can't pray our way, we can't do enough Hail Marys to be able to get it. But God, only God, only Jesus was able to do this, being rich in mercy because of the great love of with which he loves us. Like, God did this because he loves you. God did this because he cares for you. God did this because he wants the best for your life and and for my life. He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. I absolutely love that because that means that whenever I was 17 years old and I was living my life and I was doing my thing, and as I shared yesterday, for Go and so, which all of you should have been at, and a big shout out to Lauren and Micah for putting that on, but as I shared yesterday... Like, as I was living in my sin and all I cared about was my 515 an hour Burger King job and getting high, and I was dead in my trespasses, God, in His kindness, love, and mercy, did something in my life at 17 years old in Viter, Texas, at a Waffle House parking lot. It wasn't anything that the, the people did, it wasn't anything that my friends did, it wasn't anything that I did. It was God and God alone because God loved me and God loves you. God. Who, even though we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming age, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards you in Christ Jesus. I absolutely love that. Because God doesn't just save you through Jesus. He then elevates you to heavenly places. He then seats you at the right hand of God, co-laborer, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. It replaces our identity. It replaces who we were. It means that I'm no longer a sinner. It means that I am a saint who happens to sin in this earth. And there's a huge distinction for us to be able to understand that. And he continues on. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. This is a gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one can boast. For we are the workmanship God, or workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. That we should walk in him. Let me say this, and, and I hope that I can say this clearly. When Satan has tried to use... What Satan has tried to use against you because of Jesus does not work anymore. What Satan has tried to use against you because of Jesus does not work anymore unless you choose to be a son of disobedience or a daughter of disobedience. And that is important for us to be able to understand. I love what the band Me Without You says in one of their songs. Any Me Without You fans in here? Got two, two. Okay. Some of y'all are like that's what? Who is that? Like, it's a great band. All right. Um, they say this: we keep our confession long, and when we pray, we keep it short. Here's what I mean by this: prayer. We're about to make it real spiritual now. Prayer protects us from the temptation. Prayer protects us from the temptation. And and so we we read that Jesus is saying lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What he's saying is God help us to not fall into temptation. Um we have a Mazda CX-5, I think, and back in the fall, I think it was the fall. It started making this really bad noise, all right? And uh, and Christy kept coming to me and saying, "Michael, you need to bring it to the shop. You need to bring it to Chuck Scott." And I'm like, um, "Okay," and I didn't. And then it kept making more noise and more noise. And, and I mean at some points it was like not like the car was shaking and rattling, but it was like, I mean, just like do, and it, and you know, Christy's like, "Honey, you you got to get this. You got to get this fixed and taken care of." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll get it fixed and taken care of uh, eventually, you know." And guys, I don't know if you're like me, all right, it's, but I'm the worst at this, okay, um, and then she's turning into the driveway, and I hear, er, boom, and like the, the house even shook just a little bit, and then Allie runs to the window and goes, daddy, mom needs your help, and of course, I go out there, And the front right axle ended up breaking off and literally the car, as she was turning, I mean, the wheel just went like this and it was just leaning down. And then she gets out of the car and she looks at me and she's like, you should have taken it to the shop. I'm like, yeah, I should have. Here's what I'm saying about this. The same way an oil change prevents damage on your car. The same way that getting your tires changed or rotated or aligned prevents damage in, on your car is the same way prayer does for our life. It protects us from the temptation that's out there. Many times we pray on the back end, and I want to start to encourage you to pray on the front end of things. Just like instead of waiting for the car to break to go get it fixed, why don't I do the maintenance on it now to where it doesn't end up breaking down? See, many of us, we, we pray whenever everything's going wrong, and we cry out, God, deliver us from evil, and he will, but we're not willing to do the front-end work to saying, God, help me to not fall into temptation. God, lead me to a place that I'm not falling into temptation continuously. I'm willing to bet that if you would start praying that prayer more often in your life, you would find out you don't have to pray near as much on the back end of things. And I'm willing to even say you would probably be more in tune with the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit speaking to your life, and the obedience that God is wanting you to take daily in your life. Which leads me to my last point today is the whole point of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts and we forgive those who have debted against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. The whole point of all of that is because it is simply an invitation for the Holy Spirit to start to invade your life and to invade my life and to be led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do in our parenting, in our jobs, in our hanging out with friends, in our going to university or to school. It is an invitation of saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need to hear your voice. I need my daily bread. I want your kingdom to be made manifest in my life. I I don't want to be led down a place of temptation. I, I want to be able to walk in righteousness and justice and in love and in compassion, bringing honor and glory to your name. It is an invitation. Many of us try to do this life without inviting the Holy Spirit into our life. And I don't mean like you pray and the Holy Spirit isn't there. I mean daily you wake up and you say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to guide me. I need you to lead me. I need you to comfort me. I need you to teach me. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead in our Lives. At our first Tuesday prayer night, prayer night, I had five ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. And I just want to kind of recap those for um, the ones that were not there with that. I'm not going to get into the whole teaching of it. But the, the first thing is the, the Holy Spirit speaks through Scripture. Like some of you guys, you're wanting a word of God, but you're not opening up the very word of God that is truth in life and sharper than any double-edged sword and can speak to whatever situation and problem you're going in. Going through, like the word of God, man. Like, this is literally, literally, the like it blows my mind. I, I just want to share share something with you, like, totally impromptu right now. This verse has been wrecking me this past week. Psalms 121, verse 1, which we're gonna teach about in about four weeks. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. You want to know something? This past week, I needed a word from God. And I didn't pick up the phone and say, hey, Prophet Joe or Prophet Sue, give me a word. I opened up the word of God and I let the very words of God that have been transpiring throughout history for thousands of years speak to my heart. And I'm telling you, it just stinking wrecked me this week. That's it. There's nothing fancy about that. Like, where's my help come from? My help comes from the... But digging into it, I'm just like, whoa! Like very one of those charismatic woes. Y'all know I was like, whoa! Any of you guys, you ever go to the, the church conferences and it's like you got the four or five people in the front row and they're just like, whoa! I had that moment this week and I'm just like, whoa! Don't make fun of me. The other is the Holy Spirit speaks through your consciousness. Like, there's going to be moments that you know something's right and that something's wrong. We, we read and we talked about it yesterday. It's so that the Holy Spirit gives us peace. And so if you're about to make a decision and you don't have peace in your gut, peace in your heart, it's very possible that the Holy Spirit is not leading you down that way. And it's you leading yourself into temptation or you leading yourself into a trial that you were not meant to go down. But the Holy Spirit speaks through your consciousness. And right now, many of you guys, you, you walked in here and you've got something going on. You're dealing with something deep down. And I just want to encourage you to lean into that that you're feeling on the inside. And I'm not talking about your heart's desires. I'm talking about that gnawing feeling, that painful feeling that you know something's right or something's wrong. The third way that the Holy Spirit speaks is through our circumstances. Let me just go back to Psalms 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. That literally means the the challenges, the circumstances that we face in life. There are some of us that God will allow you to go through hell to be able to reveal something inside of you to purify your heart and to get the gold outside of your heart. There are many of us that have been through those storms of life of like, God, I just don't, I don't understand what I'm doing. I don't understand where I'm going. I don't understand what's happening. And and, and it's just like, God, are you even there? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm allowing you to go through this right now so that you can become the man or the woman that I've called and created you to become. The Holy Spirit will speak through our circumstances. The fourth way, the Holy Spirit will speak through others. this is Gospel Community here and, and I just want to say that like I love the men and the women of this church and I love the the guys in my life that have the the guts to be able to come up to me and to be able to call me out whenever I'm wrong or be able to rebuke me whenever I'm wrong and to be able to say like hey you need to check this you need to check that like that's the holy spirit speaking through others the other way is through the gift of prophecy sometimes people will give you a prophetic word for someone like let's just say i have a prophetic word for kevin or for michelle and i come up to them and say hey i was praying and god showed me x y and z like you, you know you guys are about to buy a lottery ticket you're gonna end up hitting the lottery and you're gonna end up tithing 10 percent of 500 million dollars to the church and she, that's called manipulation that's called manipulation right but like no for real i don't know how many times people came up to me And they said, hey, I was praying for you. God showed me this. And it just spoke to me and just hit me. And they had no idea. That's called prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of the prophetic. And I just need to say this. The gifts of the prophetic have been abused so long in the church. I think it's time for the church to redeem those gifts for the glory of God. And not use it trying to manipulate you at all. But if you do win that $500 million, You make sure. And if you give a 1% bonus to your pastor, I would totally be okay. I'm I'm joking, guys. I want you to know I'm completely joking. And then the last is is this. And I'm, I'm gonna close with this, and so I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up at this time. And we can go ahead and dim the lights a little bit. The Holy Spirit speaks. Through prayer, like I, I again, I, I think oftentimes we forget to pray. Oftentimes we forget to really seek God in the heart of God. The Holy Spirit speaks through prayer. And as simple as that may sound man i think sometimes we often forget it in our lives and so what i would like us to do for just the next few moments is i want us to just pray as a church i want to pray for individuals in this church i want to pray that the holy spirit would lead us not into temptation that he would deliver us from evil i want to pray that the kingdom of god would be made manifest in the city of Albany and beyond. I wanna pray that God would give rest to those who need rest, or God would give hope to those who need encouragement and hope that we would truly see God do something inside of us and birth, something inside of this place that is a but God type moment. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you this morning. If he didn't, then why would we come to church? We come into the house of God to encounter God. And I want to be a vibrant, spirit-filled, lively church who comes in expecting to hear the voice of God on a Sunday, expecting to be comforted by the Holy Spirit, expecting to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, expecting to be able to worship and, and to be able to give all praise to our Heavenly Father who will meet us right where we are. And so I want to invite you to just stand to your feet. And I'm going to ask the prayer team, if you would, to just come forward at this time. And right now, I just, I just want, before we get into this song, I just want to create a space for you to just start praying right now where you are for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, for the Holy Spirit to minister to you, for the Holy Spirit to lead you, for the Holy Spirit to guide you. And might I even say and encourage you to just start speaking even out loud. Don't worry about those who are around you. Like, get a little crazy. Allow the Holy Spirit to to just fill you in this place right now. And so I'm just going to ask right now, before we do anything else, that we would just do that right where we are, that we would just ask the Holy Spirit to come. And so, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that you are a holy God. We thank you that you are a good God. And Lord, I just ask that right now where people are, God, that you would just start to speak to them. Father, that you would just start to minister to them, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and swell up inside of us, God. That you would just fill us up, that our cup would be running and overflowing with rivers of living waters in this place. right where you are. I just want you to just start crying out for whatever it is that you need from God in this place. Maybe you need to not be led into temptation. Maybe you need your daily bread. Maybe you need to see more of the kingdom in your life. Holy Spirit, come right now. Let your spirit just move in this place, Father. God, let your spirit just manifest itself in this place, God. the next thing we're going to do is, as I'm going to pray in just a minute, but people are already receiving prayer. If you need someone to come and agree with you, remember the Holy Spirit speaks through others, speaks through community, and we believe in the partnership with prayer. We believe in the partnership with prayer through for healing, prayer for uh, maybe something to be spoken over your life prayer through a tough situation even the word of God says if you're sick to call the elders and they will lay hands on you we want to pray with you and we want to pray for you and so as I pray in just a minute if you need prayer for anything whatsoever man I want to encourage you to come up to these altars and to receive prayer if you don't need prayer and you just want to come up here I just want to come up and encourage you to just come up here and just to worship and just allow the Holy Spirit to just fill this place fill our hearts right now so Heavenly Father God I just ask Lord that in this moment right here father that you would just do something powerful that this Mother's Day God you would just birth something new in this church father that right now you would just birth a manifestation of your spirit a hunger for your spirit God an empowerment in this place father God I thank you that city church is not just going to be this little old city church. This city church is going to be an apostolic church that ends up raising up pastors and church planters and leaders and evangelists and ministry workers. Father, that we are going to be a church that ends up seeing entrepreneurs being birthed out of this place. Father, I prophesy and I declare in the name of Jesus that every financial resource that we need would end up being coming into this place and that this place would truly Be like the church in Antioch, God, where people are coming in to be sent out, coming in to be sent out, coming in, Father, that your spirit would just manifest itself in here. God, that your spirit would just move in this place, God. Move in this place, Father. Move in this place, God. Come on, church. I want to invite you to just lift up your voice, to start praying wherever you are right now. If you don't know what to pray, just start saying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with this glory. This place is filled with this glory. Holy are you, God. Come on, church. Let's just lift it up. Let's just sing it out. Let's just start worshiping. Let's start pressing in and interceding for what God wants to do in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We need you, God. We need you, God.